0: SECTION 86 OF CHESTERFIELD'S LETTERS TO HIS SON. READ FOR LIBRIVOX.ORG INTO THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. LETTER 117. LONDON, JULY ninth, OLD STYLE, 1750. MY DEAR FRIEND, I SHOULD NOT DESERVE THAT APPELLATION IN RETURN FROM YOU, IF I DID NOT FREELY AND EXPLICITLY INFORM YOU OF EVERY corrigible DEFECT WHICH I MAY EITHER HEAR OF, SUSPECT, OR AT ANY TIME DISCOVER IN YOU. Those who in the common course of the world will call themselves your friends, or whom, according to the common notions of friendship, you may possibly think such, will never tell you of your faults, still less of your weaknesses. But on the contrary, more desirous to make you their friend than to prove themselves yours, they will flatter both, and in truth not be sorry for either. Interiorly, most people enjoy the inferiority of their best friends. THE USEFUL AND ESSENTIAL PART OF FRIENDSHIP TO YOU IS RESERVED SINGLY FOR MR. HART AND MYSELF. OUR RELATIONS TO YOU STAND PURE AND UNSUSPECTED OF ALL PRIVATE VIEWS. IN WHATEVER WE SAY TO YOU, WE CAN HAVE NO INTEREST BUT YOURS. WE ARE THEREFORE AUTHORIZED TO REPRESENT, ADVISE, AND REMONSTRATE, AND YOUR REASON MUST TELL YOU THAT YOU OUGHT TO ATTEND TO AND BELIEVE US. I AM CREDITABLY INFORMED THAT THERE IS STILL A CONSIDERABLE HITCH OR HOBBLE IN YOUR enunciation and that when you speak fast you sometimes speak unintelligibly. I have formerly and frequently laid my thoughts before you so fully upon this subject that I can say nothing new upon it now. I must therefore only repeat that your whole depends upon it. Your trade is to speak well, both in public and in private. The manner of your speaking is full as important as the matter, as more people have ears to be tickled than understandings to judge. Be your productions ever so good, they will be of no use, if you stifle and strangle them in their birth. The best compositions of Corelli, if ill-executed and played out of tune, instead of touching, as they do when well performed, would only excite the indignation of the hearers, when murdered by an unskilful performer. But to murder your own productions, and that corum populo, is a median cruelty, which Horace absolutely forbids. Remember of what importance Demosthenes and of one of the gracchi thought annunciation and read what stress Cicero and Quintilian lay upon it even the herb women at Athens were correct judges of it oratory with all its graces that of annunciation in particular is full as necessary in our government as it ever was in Greece or Rome no man can make a fortune or a figure in this country without speaking and speaking well in public If you will persuade, you must first please, and if you will please, you must tune your voice to harmony, you must articulate every syllable distinctly, your emphasis and cadences must be strong and properly marked, and the whole together must be graceful and engaging. If you do not speak in that manner, you had much better not speak at all. All the learning you have, or ever can have, is not worth one groat without it. It may be a comfort and an amusement to you in your closet but it can be of no use to you in the world. Let me conjure you, therefore, to make this your only object till you have absolutely conquered it, for that is in your power. Think of nothing else, read and speak for nothing else. Read aloud, though alone, and read articulately and distinctly, as if you were reading in public, and on the most important occasion. Recite pieces of eloquence, declaim scenes of tragedies to Mr. Hart, as if he were a numerous audience." If there is any particular consonant which you have a difficulty in articulating, as I think you had with the R, utter it millions and millions of times, till you have uttered it right. Never speak quick, till you have first learned to speak well. In short, lay aside every book and every thought that does not directly tend to this great object, absolutely decisive of your future fortune and figure. The next thing necessary in your destination is writing correctly, elegantly and in a good hand too, in which three particulars I am sorry to tell you that you hitherto fail. Your handwriting is a very bad one, and would make a scurvy figure in an office book of letters, or even a lady's pocket book. But that fault is easily cured by care, since every man who has the use of his eyes and of his right hand can write whatever hand he pleases. As to the correctness and elegance of your writing, attention to grammar does the one, and to the best authors the other. In your letter to me of the 27th of June, New Style, you omitted the date of the place, so that I only conjectured from the contents that you were at Rome. Thus I have, with the truth and freedom of the tenderest affection, told you all your defects, at least all that I know or have heard of. Thank God they are all very curable. They must be cured, and I am sure you will cure them. That once done, nothing remains for you to acquire or for me to wish you, but the turn, the manners, the address, and the graces of the polite world, which experience, observation, and good company will insensibly give you. Few people at your age have read, seen, and known as much as you have, and consequently few are so near as yourself to what I call perfection, by which I only mean being very near as well the best. Far, therefore, from being discouraged by what you still want, what you already have should encourage you to attempt— and convince you that by attempting you will inevitably obtain it. The difficulties which you have surmounted were much greater than any you have now to encounter. Till very lately your way has been only through thorns and briars. The few that now remain are mixed with roses. Pleasure is now the principal remaining part of your education. It will soften and polish your manners. It will make you pursue and at last overtake the graces. Pleasure is necessarily reciprocal no one feels, who does not at the same time give it. To be pleased one must please. What pleases you in others will in general please them in you. Paris is indisputably the seat of the graces. They will even court you, if you are not too coy. Frequent and observe the best companies there, and you will soon be naturalized among them. You will soon find how particularly attentive they are to the correctness and elegance of their language, and to the graces of their enunciation." they would even call the understanding of a man in question, who should neglect or not know the infinite advantages arising from them. Nere, reciter, déclamer, bien, are serious studies among them, and well deserve to be so everywhere. The conversations, even among the women, frequently turn upon the elegancies and minutest delicacies of the French language. An enjouement, a gallant turn, prevails in all their companies, to women with whom they neither are nor pretend to be in love. But should you, as you may very possibly happen, to fall really in love there with some woman of fashion and sense, for I do not suppose you capable of falling in love with a strumpet, and that your rival, without half your parts or knowledge, should get the better of you, merely by dint of manners, enjouement, badinage, etc., how would you regret not having sufficiently attended to those accomplishments, which you despised as superficial and trifling? but which you would then find a real consequence in the course of the world. And men as well as women are taken by those external graces. Shut up your books, then, now as a business, and open them only as a pleasure. But let the great book of the world be your serious study. Read it over and over, get it by heart, adopt its style, and make it your own. When I cast up your account as it now stands, I rejoice to see the balance so much in your favour, and that the items per contra are so few and of such a nature that they may be very easily cancelled by way of debtor and creditor it stands thus creditor French German Italian Latin Greek Logic Ethics History Naturae Jus Genticum Publicum debtor to English Enunciation Manners This, my dear friend, is a very true account and a very encouraging one for you. A man who owes so little can clear it off in a very little time, and, if he is a prudent man, will, whereas a man who, by long negligence, owes a great deal, despairs of ever being able to pay, and therefore never looks into his account at all. When you go to Genoa, pray observe carefully all the environs of it, and view them with somebody who can tell you all the situations and operations of the Austrian army, during that famous siege, if it deserves to be called one. For in reality the town was never besieged, nor had the Austrians any one thing necessary for a siege. If Marquis Centurioni, who was last winter in England, should happen to be there, go to him with my compliments, and he will show you all imaginable civilities. I could have sent you some letters to Florence, but that I knew Mr. Mann would be of more use to you than all of them. Pray make him my compliments.' cultivate your italian while you are at florence where it is spoken in its utmost purity but ill pronounced pray save me the seed of some of the best melons you eat and put it up dry in paper you need not send it me but mr hart will bring it in his pocket when he comes over i should likewise be glad of some cuttings of the best figs especially la pica gentile and the maltese but as this is not the season for them mr Mann will i dare say undertake that commission and send them to me at the proper time by leghorn. Adieu. Endeavour to please others, and divert yourself as much as ever you can, in honnête et galant homme. P.S. I send you the enclosed to deliver to Lord Rochefort, upon your arrival at Turin. End of section 86. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audio-books, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.